Hi everyone, it's Wanda, CEO and founder of Salty Coffee. How's everyone doing today? It is Saturday, September something, I don't know, 20 something. It's the last Saturday of September and I am feeling excited. I'm feeling energetic. I'm feeling um, wonderful because last week I celebrated 30 years. Yes, 3-0 of my longevity at my place of employment, Columbia University. Yay! Anyway, I celebrated with a great group of friends who um, stayed with me at the Lions Tavern um, nearby Morningside Heights. And I have to give you a little bit of um, history because remember 30 years was 1990 <laughs> some of you weren't even born um or when i started working there some of you um were in the process of being planned to be born some of you were you know in kindergarten daycare i don't know but 30 years is a long long time and I have to say that 30 years ago, um, it was kind of difficult and challenging because the way that Columbia had their personnel, um, human resources, whatever you want to call it today, you know, employment office, they were, um, first of all, it was right on the college walk entrance. It's a little door with a little sign that said personnel. The sign was so small that, you know, it is what it is. But I loved it because back in the day, you had to have a paper copy of your resume. You had to come in person and apply. And you had to meet with someone there. And they will talk to you for an hour or two, review your resume with you, and help you find the position that best fit your resume. What what do you talk like what do people do now? Now it's about who you know, you put it online, three thousand applications come in, and out of the three thousand, we know for a fact that only two will be picked anyway, because somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody told somebody, hey, expect this one to come in and even then it's like yeah you know for logistic reasons let's just go ahead and post this you know but we know who we're gonna hire at the end of the day so going back to 1990 just to let you know uh, a little bit about that when you oh so the so the hr person will then reach out to these department and say you know i had a meeting with this person she sounds like a good fit for your department. Can you please give her an interview, right? Here I am, fresh out of high school, first year of college, which if you go back to my other episodes, you'll know that that didn't work out for me. Um, so I had to leave college. I was still, however, working at Strawberries. And, you know, my friend was like, you know, just go ahead, continue to do the interviews. And I did. So... They sent me to a couple of interviews, and I have to tell you this. Back then, you had to take a typing test, 
which by the way was awesome because in school we had to learn typing in middle school and in high school we had to take at least every term we had to take a typing course whether you were advanced or beginner whatever it was you were mandated to take a typing and a computer course at least i was and so we had to take a typing test 120 words per minute was you know average back then ask people now what they type they don't even know ask if they even know what the home row keys are they don't know but anyway needless to say depending on the position they will make you take an exam so i was i was interviewed for um some place where a department that handled let's say finances you had to take a math problem test this person made this much they worked for this department how much money would they get blah 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 put in the codes I was like what <laughs> okay well math is not my good subject I'm horrible at math but the fact of the matter is that the human resources person she told me you know I am going to relate to them where your skill sets are mind you again back in 1990 I had just turned 20 years old just straight out of high school first term of college in the phase of losing my mom so needless to say I went to another interview um, they gave me uh, an exam where and I don't want to call it exam but we had to show that if we received a correspondence we had to know within the typewriter how to respond to that correspondence past that no problem then there were positions where none of that was required you didn't have to take an exam you didn't because it was just straight up and boom got an interview from my department that I continue to work now 30 years later um, I, I guess I can say his name but his name is Terrence Cope along with Deborah Morrell and I go to the interview first of all just so you guys know I had no idea what Columbia was I lived in Washington Heights pretty much all my 15 years 16 years because we lived in Brooklyn I moved to Matt to Washington Heights when I was five and we lived on 159th Street moved into 157th Street and I didn't know what Columbia University was. I, I had no idea. But, you know, with good friends and them encouraging me and telling me where to go, how to, you know, apply. Um, and thanks to them, I was made aware that this was available for me. Went, went on my interview for... Columbia, I believe it was called University Residence Halls at the time. I don't know. We've had so many names, I can't tell you. Um, but I do remember wearing a navy blue suit that included like a soft silk scarf. The scarf was attached to the jacket of the suit. And it was an evening meeting interview. And when I 
finally found a place because the campus is so, you know, isolated and and exclusively like shut down. Um, because they tell you one address, but you really need to know the campus kind of thing. So I kept going to the address part, but that wasn't an entrance. I literally had to go around. So I got there, I found it, and they interviewed me and they told me I got the position. And I was unbelievably grateful and happy because um, 30 years later, I can't tell you how much I love my position where I'm at and everything that Columbia has done for me. So then I get the position. I um, was told my first day will be September 17, 1990. Mm -hmm. I begin to work. Um, I believe back then it was only 60-day probationary period. I believe now it's less or more. I can't tell you. But... <laughs> Um, the director, Deborah Morrell, she, I asked her later on, like, what was it about me that you said to hire her? Um, and she said, I came in a suit. She loved the way I dressed. She saw that I came in professional. I had my resume ready. I had my, um, references ready. My references were legit. I came in on time. You know, because I was lost for like almost half an hour, but I still made it way on time. I, um, she said that even at 20 years old, she was hesitant because I would be working with mechanics and custodial people. And so the job was a key control clerk. And we, at that time, we had about, maybe 20 buildings or, or less than that, maybe 15 residence halls. And it was kind of mixed back then. Again, I had no idea what where I was. I didn't even know that I was in an institution that was like 200 years old. And I loved it, you know, because I got to meet new people. Um, I got to learn so much about life in general and um i love my job my little key control clerk position along with my position there was another person who did the maintenance control clerk sheila o'regan bait i don't know where she's at now but this woman i tell you i learned so much from her i believe she was irish or she was married to an irish person um, that's how she got the O'Regan bait. But she, <laughs> one day I come in. I don't know if you guys remember back then they had these expos, the Latino or Hispanic expos in um, what used to be the Javits Center was um, what now is the Time Warner Building on 59th Street. That used to be the conventional center in New York. In New York. And they used to have the Hispanic Expo. And... Marlboro, um, not too many Latino or Hispanic products, but Pomolive, Pomolive, whatever you want to call that, um, dishwashing soap, ivory soap, 
I mean, we're talking about back in the 80s and 90s. So who knows? And they were introducing, I guess, um, Hispanic products. I believe Goya was there, but I can't remember. Um, wasn't too into that because my inclusion into those expos was when I was a dancer. But when you would go to these expos, the companies will say, hey, get a t-shirt for $5. But they literally charged you to purchase a t-shirt. And Sheila will tell me one day when I came into work with my little Marlboro t-shirt for $5 that I bought. I was so excited to wear my little t-shirt. She's like, do you smoke? And I'm like, no, I don't smoke. She's like, so why are you a walking billboard? Did they give you that t-shirt for free? And I was like, no, it, it was $5. It's a t-shirt. She told me, listen, I have a blouse here. You're going to take that t-shirt off because one, you don't smoke. Two, Marlboro is not paying you to advertise them. Don't do that. Don't you ever pay anyone so that you freely advertise for them. And I never... I was like, what is she talking about? What is wrong with this woman? But in a year a year later, it made so much sense to me. And ever since that day, I have never, ever worn anything that had a label and I was not paid for it, to wear it. That's my mentality. So, no, I don't wear Prada. I don't wear um, Gucci. I don't wear the red sole shoes. I don't wear none of that because at the end of the day, you're paying to advertise for someone else. That's ludicrous to, to me as a poor person. But in any event, if the product is good, it's going to sell itself. But I learned my lesson through that. And I am very appreciative of her in explaining to a 21-year-old Latino girl who probably didn't leave her hood for a while but that was my first lesson learned at Columbia don't advertise for anyone and if you're gonna do it make sure they're paying you so what do you think about that guys <laughs> I think it's awesome I think it's something you know like for me for example if I'm gonna give out t-shirts about my podcast I, I want to give something back and what I want to give back is pretty much what she gave me you know the knowledge of how to invest your money how to be felt like you're worthy you know why why am i wearing this i don't even smoke I, and i didn't even think about that i just thought it was cool to have you know a marlboro guy with a cowboy hat and you know i just thought the t-shirt was cool but it wasn't cool it wasn't cool at all to be 20 years old and you don't smoke and wearing a a t-shirt promoting smoking yeah that was bad then later on I um, was introduced because Sheila then um, was pregnant she ended up marrying uh, another technician from the from the area um, and she I was literally doing both jobs and and I didn't think about it like I'm thinking about it now and I'm like okay so I'm a key control clerk right 
got it down, inventory, make sure. And mind you, back then, it was literally keys, real hard metal keys. So we had cabinets full of keys for all these residence halls and dorms. And we had a, we had a location where it was actually bulletproof. Um, I don't know, but the story goes that the person who worked there before was not very liked by um, the students. And I, I, they didn't tell me more information because my boss was also new. And they were just really trying to change the department so that it could be more friendly. Remember, people, 1985 was the last year that Columbia University turned to co-ed. So even then, I'm coming in now. There's more women now. In 1985, they also um, organized a union, which I happen to be part of that as well. So, so many changes, so many things going on. And I had just walked in to the door of the new change, is what I call it. And I'll tell you many more doors after that, but we're talking about 1990. And I came, I came in, new doors, I spoke two languages, they loved that. I was very, you know, focused into my thing, you know, very detail-oriented. And I took the opportunity to advance and then take Sheila's position when she decided not to come back. And she decided not to come back for many personal reasons, but she took care of her children and that's awesome that you are able to get away from the career position and take care of your family full-time and I thought that was awesome but again I was I wasn't married at the time and I didn't have any children so I you know pretty much just working with the flow because I was very happy to even have a job which is sad to say but I was I was happy to be part of a family new people um, Wilma which I love to death. We still get in contact. I'm her little baby girl. You know, she, when I met her, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, you know, she's, I don't know. When you're 20, you don't really think too much about age. And, you know, so I'm, I didn't think she, her daughter was my age. And her children were pretty, very close to my age. So she adopted me and that was awesome. But Terrence was still my boss, and, you know, he was very patient with me. Um, he took the time to teach me things, and dire his directives were very clear, were very concise, and I appreciate that about him, you know. Um, he would come... <laughs> he would come with some reports that were given to me to do and with a red marker from the director and I'm just looking at this like crying in tears I mean literally crying in tears because I've never I've always been a good student I've always been you know praised for my hard work and when I saw this paperwork with all these red crossings over them with misspelled words and oh it was just a, a very harsh learning experience but as a boss you have to do that 
you have to if you want good workers and you want the best out of your employees i mean there's better ways to do it but i that worked for me because guess what i when it comes now before i do anything i check it so many times and sometimes i second guess myself but you know sometimes i don't and i just get it done but i think it's important for people to know that um 30 years is a long time and it's it was a learning experience so i i did the key clerk then i became a maintenance control clerk and pretty much the maintenance control clerk position was about dispatching um mechanics and custodial people so back then in 1990 mind you we still don't have the world wide web we have no internet everything is in typewriting um there's only one system in the university where we do charges and view where the students you know there everything was coded and if you didn't know the codes like good luck to you because you really needed to know the codes and there was no manual ain't nobody come with a manual like oh here this is how you process a charge no i had to literally write everything down um i ended up not learning much about that so they gave me the position for the maintenance control clerk and then um karen was the one who then took my key control clerk position and then I stayed at the maintenance control clerk. So the maintenance control clerk was pretty much the person who took all the calls for maintenance. There was one building that we actually had, um, Woodbridge, where they actually had family live there. So pretty much sort of like a graduate student, but they were mostly international students who took the undergraduate Columbia College and Engineering program. And all the phone calls the kids you know when people will move in freshly new in august september oh my god this kitchen is dirty it, the kitchen needs painting okay and after the second year i'm like you know what we we've, we've been getting the same phone calls for this thing like why haven't you just painted the building and they eventually um switched administrators where um the new director will then revamp everything and try to take the cost of whatever revenues were made to do upgrades but um then they eliminated that they eliminated the family housing and then just focused solely on undergraduate Columbia college and engineering so new policies and procedures were in place um and some people were resistant some people didn't like it but I thought it was awesome because <clears throat> when you enroll or register an undergraduate student who's coming straight out of high school, you want them to learn what that environment is. You want them to learn, you know, what it is to live by yourself and be independent. And I mean, there's so many changes that happened in 30 years that I'm thinking back and I, I can't put them all in one podcast. I really can't. I'm really going to have to start writing a book. Um, and then um, as, as they were expanding, they also eliminated some other buildings and they switched. But um, it's amazing to see the 
the changes because little by little we started getting rid of the hard keys and now we're into like the swipe thing you know sort of like what you do when you go to a hotel and now we even have the tapping thing same thing you know different locks and we can do those remotely and stuff like that so needless to say even though technology has advanced where one would think you know oh my god they got rid of keys we're not gonna no longer have a locksmith oh jobs are getting lost no the idea is that you want to always be five steps ahead of your current condition so if you see like right now podcasting everybody's doing it you know this i just learned about stereo and i just go in there and talk to people and it's awesome you know you could do that on your own and you have followers and they have this thing where 10,000 people or if you have like a number of people listening to your podcast you get money and what better incentive than that like people wanting to hear your conversation but going back to Colombia um, in my 30 years there um, yeah so my thinking was that I should always be 10 steps ahead so with that said is I always had um, for whatever reason I always had this thing where I, I needed to go to school to get my skills upgraded I found the opportunity when my children were old enough to take care of themselves even though they were young but you know latchkey kids type of thing I went back to school and I got my degree undergraduate degree in urban and labor studies I constantly took Excel free courses constantly took anything that can upgrade my skills or enhance my skills I wanted to be there um, anything new new systems I always made it a priority to learn it whether it be through the back around or by someone else just tell me what this does tell me all right this is what I want to do now for the department to give you some numbers or give you certain things tell me how I can work with this current system to either make it better or um, not make it easier but just remember wherever you are the founding thing that made it happen is always going to be there and what's always going to be there is that you have a service you provide that service and you continue to enhance it or make it better so for me i always update my resume is updated every six months in the 30 and mind you i haven't left anywhere i've always had additional gigs but i never left and i think that's so important for people to know that that you need to like have your resume updated every six months because you just never know and with that said you know you should always keep in contact with at least three people that were your bosses and have them as a reference 
or someone that like you know what I've worked with Wanda I've worked with so-and-so this is their best thing you know that's that's how you want to um, be remembered for you know like whenever you needed something Wanda was there whenever you needed asked a question she ha she may have not had the answer but she will find out how to get it and that's important um, wherever you are it's important to just love where you're at while you're there you have to love what you do um, forget about the money forget about the benefits forget about all of that because at the end of the day um, in most institutions it's cross the board everybody makes the same thing there's some people who work harder and there's some people who may not um, but for you for yourself you need to be you need to come into work in your state of mind of work leave it at work and when you go home you don't come home with your at work state of mind that's just not gonna work for you um, that's just my advice for longevity for that I then um, let's see we're still in 1990 where I was a maintenance control clerk so yeah so I memorized the beeper numbers bah, 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 bah. I was just like da, 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 da. dialing those numbers the mechanics would call me back and go here go there dispatching them and it was so bad we had a, a like a dot matrix printer and she was zing, zing, zing. like <laughs> it was just crazy thinking about it back then you know but we literally had to do everything manual manually um, the work tickets when people will call in it was a three piece like a copy it was it was a three piece right receipt building room name of the person preferably the phone number and then it had like you know managerial stuff where the because we had a foreman and the foreman was the one who actually dispatched the peak the mechanics and the custodial people the foreman right so we had a, a specialty plumber electrician and uh, locksmith carpentry mainstream like we literally had one mechanic for those things and I think at some point um, there was a discrepancy and this is just from my observation I'm not saying this is true but from my observation I think what happened was that people were feeling I guess un the the workload was uneven because there will be times where a hundred percent of the time it will be a plumbing issue so if there's a flood and you only have one plumber hello that's a problem um, if there's a, a amp amperage <clears throat> electricity amperage issue for instance where something keeps going off and just you only have one electrician certified electrician that can be bad um, if there was a heating issue with the building every October five buildings the boiler goes down and you have that one person who just knew how to do the boiler work that's uneven work so I think 
in observing what happened in a reorganization was that you know what we're no longer going to have the four men person distribute the work orders we're just going to have supervisors supervise specific buildings they're going to be doing the um what do you call that uh they're going to be doing the budgeting um any cost assessments whatever those supervisors will be handling certain amount of buildings and that's what they did so after that once they came in and i will say this was a little bit before 2000 because um i then ended up being the assistant to the executive director ross frazier so then i was ross frazier and then um it was awesome working with him um he was very engaging he was very kind he was inclusive he had meetings every month and he would tell all of us what was going on on campus he would update us on everything that was happening across the board on campus what we needed to know was very important for us to work together and to make sure that you you know we're still being professionals about it and i admired that about him he was very um into um appreciating the workers so once a month we had a meeting where we all got together all the mechanics all the custodial people all the administrative managers staff everyone and we will meet in john jay hall and we would celebrate those who were celebrating a birthday for that month. Then we ate cake. You know, we were very mindful of those who don't celebrate birthdays for religious purposes. So we were very, you know, very mindful, but we, so they were inclusive. And that's, I think, more important than anything else. Um, we would do uh, perfect attendance. Um, the person who cleaned the building the best I mean it was straight up awesome but just like everything else when when you praise the workers you know something else happens where okay you're spending a lot of money on this stuff and that's not gonna happen so boom we get another um, administration coming in and I guess um, it was noted that you know that money could have gone into upgrade and appreciate the students which is fine no problem but you know workers don't have control of how the money is spent we don't have control over that but at the end of the day it was something that re it made you want to come to work it made you feel great to be appreciated it made you feel like i'm alive i'm here i'm here to serve I don't care what it is. If you want me to clean that toilet because this student is really sick, I'm going to clean that toilet. That's just how it was back then. It's not like that now. But needless to say, I am I always go into work because I'm there for me and I'm there to support my team, whatever team that is. And a lot of people took that in a very weird way because my thing was we had mentors in the 90s we had pe women who would mentor us we had women 
in leadership roles that would be very supportive and would sit down with us and would teach us how to be, you know, how to write something correctly, what not to do in a very, very supportive and diplomatic way. And I think that's so important. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I can compare the 90s to now um, because most positions, they want you to have a degree. But guess what? A degree is a degree. And whatever school you went to, they're not going to teach you these things. They're not going to teach you that there's jargons. And I don't know if you know what that means, but that just means the language of that community or that institution or that company. So there's certain languages, there's certain ethics, there's certain policies and procedures that you, no school is going to teach you that. So, you know, yeah, go ahead, hire him because he has a degree. Well, guess what? They could mess up by just saying one thing that's inappropriate, that's not, you know, kosher <laughs> to the culture, that's not um, professional enough for that community and, and the culture of that institution. So, yeah, you can hire people and they got a degree, blah, 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 whatever. At the end of the day, you know, you have to make sure that wherever you go, you ask questions you make a note of things you um are are very aware of what the culture is like was like or or what's what's the new trend or what's the new and i wouldn't say trend but what is the new i guess issue or what is it that the university or or anywhere want to change to make it better you know for for their image for their vision for their mission and for their goals you know like what what is that so you have to acclimate at some point you have to make it happen for yourself you have to acclimate to that environment and that culture because if you're unable to do that then you're not going to be successful and 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 the worst thing is to come into a job and and be so happy oh my god my my dream job was always or my dream school my dream school was always to go there and you go in and it's like wait what <laughs> what just happened this is not what i wanted and you have the opportunity to either make it work for yourself or you keep it moving and you keep it moving and many people they're like how do you how did you do it how do, it's not about how did i do it because everybody's going to be different it's how you are going to do it you know listen <laughs> if if i'm a boss which i am now for other two things i am not going to it, and i'm the type of person that i like to be on time i'm gonna be straightforward i'm gonna be you know when you're running your business you want people to be on time you want people to not be sick you want to help them out correct so when you are disciplined for certain patterns or certain things you have to keep that in mind and i'm not saying that if you're sick as a dog go into work that's not what i'm saying 
what I'm saying at the end of the day you have to take care of your health that's more important than any job do not overdo it yourself do not over and if you have or need a special accommodations that is available and that is a law that you have to make sure that your employer follows you know and a lot of people don't know that they come in not know you know they just want a job they just want to make money and and I get that I get that but you know don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be so quick to you know get your brownie points by being light because at the end of the day um, wherever you work is not a Facebook page it's not an Instagram it's a real job and you're expect you're expected to do what you were hired to do and you should do it at your best so I'm not gonna go into a lot of things because <laughs> I am going to be writing a book uh, on this um, my my I guess I don't know I'm not retiring anytime soon because when I wake up in the morning um, since my mother's passing and me getting this position uh, within my marriage, my children, my children are older now, Columbia has always been there for me. At the end of the day, you know, that's one thing that I am blessed because 9-11, COVID, storms, hurricanes, um, fire in the apartment below me, um, divorce, you know, children leaving the nest. <laughs> I still had Columbia. So I want to end this by telling you, um, if, you, if you're there and you work there at any level, know that you are appreciated. You know, appreciate yourself for getting up every day and having to serve someone else. And when, and when you have a group of customers, students, whatever you want to call it, administrators, teach them. Let them know that, that you like what you do and that you are appreciative because you are there. Um, that you are surrounded by so many scientists. Um, maybe someone who will run for president one day. You're, you never know. You never know who is going to come to you, whether in, in an email, phone call, whatever. You just never know who's on the other side and how that person could be influencing you in some way or the other. How there are people in the background advocating for you. N know that. Know that, that in the time that I've been there, I go and lobby in Albany every year I did that for a while for laws to be changed for our legislators to know and senators to know that you know shit is happening <laughs> and you need to we elected you and you need to know that and you because these elected officials some of them don't know what's going on when we when we will go to lobby let me tell you some of these people are like, what? <laughs> the governor wants to do what? Yeah. 
So know your laws. If you are under a CBA, which is a contractual bargaining agreement, learn that from front to back. Know um, your FMLA laws. Know your special accommodation. Know that. And if you do not know where to get the information from, ask somebody. Ask anyone across campus. Because if they don't know, they'll know somebody who does. Sometimes the HR person is not going to be helpful. They're not. And, and human resources is not what the title is anymore. Um, it's just an office with representatives for the university or the institution or the company that um, will make sure that they're following and they're in compliance. That's all they really are. That they, that all the paperwork to, to hire people, they're in compliance. That, that they're in compliance with providing you whatever it is that you need. That's all they're there for. They're not there like they used to be, which is a person to sit down with you for two hours like they did with me in 1990 to ask me all the questions that are needed and then distribute my resume to those departments where they saw that I was fit to work for. That doesn't happen anymore. So you have to make sure that you are aware, that you are reading that you are privy to your information for your company, that you know. And if you don't know, don't feel bad about asking. And if you don't want to ask someone at your company, send me an email, because I'll find out for you. You can search the question on the internet, anywhere. Don't, don't, you don't even have to use Google. You can use Bing. You, there's so many search engines out there that really give you good information. As a matter of fact, you can do um, Google Scholar and to get real factual res responses for your question. So, you know, go to the library. The library is no longer open physically, but you can still go online and borrow books. And you can still go online and borrow films. Go to YouTube. I mean, these are just little tips um, that I'm giving you because I know things are, are not going to look good in the next couple of years. They're going to get harder. And the more we try to go into the norm, um, for some people, I'm good with change. I've been changing every year for 30 years. I'm nothing but change. I like change, as a matter of fact. So I can acclimate to anything at any given time. Um, but one thing that I will say that's consistent about me is that I love to work. I'm a hustler and I like to work. I like to go to work. I like to get up. Um, for some people that's like, oh, well that's not your own business, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It pays my bills. I have a retirement plan and I'm good. So don't listen to, you know, if you're not capable of running your own business, then don't do it now. Wait till later on. But you can have your own business and work as well, especially if you don't have young children. But um, I think it was nice. I think this talk was nice. Um, you, I, I found something new called Stereo, 
and if you find me there my name there is salty coffee one word and it's awesome I don't know why iPhone people can't get in or or apply the app to their phone because it is available but that's what you get for having iPhone um, I have an Android and <laughs> I can get anything and I can get it done quicker um, so with that said I'm so happy that you um, got this far to listen um, there's one two three four five parts to this um, I had to do them in segments and um, please feel free to subscribe www.saltycoffeellc.com I'm giving out um, swag bags um, when you subscribe um, so leave me your email make sure you put your full name when you subscribe because this way I get to know you on a personal level and we're gonna have networking parties once a month with my friend Karen and Liz um, networking parties are going to include how to run your own business and what are other people doing on the gig side and how does that work for them so yeah 30 years good lord 30 years I can't believe it I mean when I tell people the new employees you know and they come in and they're under 30 they're like what 30 and it's so funny because that's what I told my boss I saw his graduation ring and it said 1972 class of 1972 and I just looked at him like what I was two years old <laughs> when you graduated from college and he just looked at me like okay that was inappropriate Wanda but okay I'll let it pass but anyway I am so happy that I'm able to share this this story with you and um, if you need if you want to know any more information I'm gonna write a book and I am going to go into details in the book but this will be um, published after I retire and um, but if you have any questions or any concerns um, if you do work there or if you work outside and you just want to know how did you do it raising two daughters divorce 9-11 now COVID um, shoot me an email and let's talk goodbye love you